Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Kelly Starrett. And I'm Juliette Starrett. And you're listening to the Ready State Podcast. You got it! You better stop it! This episode of the Ready State Podcast is brought to you by Momentus. And today we want to talk about one of our favorite things ever, which is the collagen shot. Yeah, look, back in university, I ended up studying cultural geography. <laughs> Don't laugh. Stop laughing. But really, it's looking at behavior and environment. And it really shaped a lot of the way you and I think about how do we can create bone crushing consistency for people. And that's, you have to reduce the barriers to injury. You have to make it so easy that you can do the same thing time after time for long periods of time to make huge gains. And that is why this works so well. This collagen shot is the bomb. Isn't it? Uh, didn't I also hear you recently say that you want to trade your tissue health for your cognitive health, which is another reason why collagen <laughs> shots are so important to you? <laughs> it is. It's not that I would trade my if cognitive health. If you had to health, choose. But I'm, I really want, as I am now 49 and still like to do Some things with things. your body. I'm kind of crazy sometimes. My, my childhood boy self I want to make sure that I have all the building blocks on hand so that I don't have those strains that happen when you're a little bit older trying to go fast. Which is why collagen is such yeah. an important part of our routine. And it's not even just about your connective tissue. It's just, it's about your small intestine. It's about your skin. I mean, you are made of collagen. I don't think you're getting enough collagen. I don't think you're getting enough bone broth. I don't think you're getting enough offal. I don't think you're eating the chicken skin and gristle. This is an easy way to get it in. It's delicious and it's portable. You don't have to it's mix portable. it in with anything. Yeah. When you take a trip, you can just throw some in your bag and yeah, you are good to go. That's um, the thing. It solved the problem. Solves the problem. Go get some collagen shots. Go to thereadystate.com slash momentous and use code TRS for 20% off your first purchase. This episode of the Ready State podcast is brought to you by Sleep Me. What I want to get into is how disrupted my sleep used to be because I would wake up hot. I mean, you would wake up so hot. Like it was 1,000 degrees. Literally. And one of the things that happened, I, I have been through every iteration. So there's sort of three levels of, of cooling power here. The, the Cube is the original OG, and it really changed my life. Then I upgraded to the Uller when that came out. And that gives me gave me a lot of control and a lot more cold. And I don't think everyone needs that. But I am a 235-pound like supernova in bed. You really are. I'm not just talking about my love skills either here. We're just talking about oh my just God. my great heat. What I would also like to say, though, is that we tried every iteration of like fans pointed directly at you and other cooling devices. But the problem is, is then I would be freezing and in order to keep you cold. And that was not a problem for me, especially <laughs> since I started falling asleep and staying asleep. But since we both have been sleeping with our personal temperature ideals, there is harmony in the kingdom. I mean, all is well in the kingdom. You yeah. go to your side, your ring, my side is like, I'm like a white walker. Yeah. And you sleep on the sun. And we both fall asleep and stay asleep all night long. It's amazing. You can do this. If you struggle, one, to stay asleep or f because you wake up taut, or two, there are disputes in your family. I'm not saying, you know, it's someone else's fault, but it is. They don't like the way you sleep at the temperature. This is a way to solve that problem in your marriage, in your it's relationship. It's miraculous. Do I'm it. serious. You should do it. Your partner will thank you. Head over to sleep.me slash TRS to learn more and save off the purchase of any new Cube, Uller, or Doc Pro sleep system. There's an offer available exclusively for the Ready State podcast listeners and only for a limited time. That's sleep.me slash TRS to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. Hashtag, it's not me, it's you. 
On this episode of the Real Estate Podcast, we are thrilled to bring you Jeff Byers. Jeff is the co-founder and CEO of Momentus, which is a holistic wellness nutrition company based in Park City, designed by the brightest minds in performance athletics. Wait, wait, is that us? But available for everyday wellness enthusiasts, Momentus is the first and only supplement brand to build formulas directly with experts from each of the four major American sports leagues, launching in 2018 with a line of products designed by performance directors and dietitians from the NFL, NBA, NHL, MLB. Before his career, business career, Jeff attended the University of Southern California. He was a two-time captain, multiple-year starter. They were championships, team under Pete Carroll. He graduated his undergraduate degree in three years and proceeded to earn his master's degree in business before even entering the NFL, where he had a four-year career playing in the, the Panthers. And the reason that's important in his journey will become evident as we get into this conversation. You know, one of the things that I love so much about hearing about Jeff and his journey was about his sort of emphasis on his company value of democratizing human performance. And by that, he means sort of taking the lessons that he learned and that other athletes get to learn in the locker room and high-performance sports and bring them to regular people who just want to feel good. You'll see that we do mention this, but we are momentous partners. And one of the reasons is this company works in the military, has contracts with research in with the Department of Defense, plus is the biggest supplier of sports teams working at the ground, like the pointy end of the stick, more professional teams and university teams than any other company. And that's really remarkable because they understand what works and what doesn't work. He also just has a super bonkers athletic history and injury history, which of course is relevant for us at the Ready State that we really had a great time talking about. Yeah. And uh, I'll say that Jeff is always down for a good time. And what I mean is want to do something crazy with your body, Want to talk uh, politics and art and science? I mean, this guy is a great human being. We are thrilled to be part of his partners in this thing. And I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. You may even learn something about why some supplement companies are not equal to the others. Enjoy this episode with Jeff Byers. Hey, Ready State listeners. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes to help others find our show. Jeff, welcome to the Ready State podcast. Howdy. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you doing? Always good to see you, my friend. Just so everyone knows, up front, Juliet and I work with your company. So full transparency here. If we're gushing or we t get into the weeds, we are part of the Momentous family. I just wanted to give that disclaimer, just in case you wonder why I'm so awesome. Yeah, but I mean, I would also like to disclaim that we don't enter into partnerships with anybody except for people with whom we love. Yeah, we're like users. Jeff. Hard users. Hard users. Um, okay, so now we're through, we're through the disclaimer, just so everyone knows. But you're on this call with us because what you're doing with this company is amazing. The people that you're tricking to work with you, like Andrew Huberman and Stacey Sims, like legends in their fields, it's pretty profound. But your story about becoming the CEO of Momentus is awesome. And your backstory, I think, is really compelling. Can you tell us a little bit about your background, where you grew up, and how did you like end up here? Like school, work. I think you had an earlier job. Even you might even say yeah, career. I mean, I mean, maybe just like you know, sum up the first twenty years of your life. <laughs> go thirty years. Kumite. Go. Go. Uh, how much time do we got? Three hours. Tons. We have tons. We have tons of time. So full disclosure for everybody listening. I'm really good at talking, like Kelly is. So we could go on for forever here. So my background. In another life, I played professional sports. I was a professional football player. And you go way back in high school, I was one of the top rated football recruits in high school and had the luxury of picking really, really where I went to school. What position did you play? I was an offensive lineman many, many pounds ago. And yeah, it's like I 
eight myself when you look at pictures. So when you Google me, Google lies, I actually am a decent look- looking human being, not what Google shares. So wait, um, not to cut off your story, but I mean, how big were you when you were playing and how big are you now? Yes, my playing weight in the NFL was around 300. Three to 310 was really where I played most of my career at in the NFL. I don't know. I haven't gotten a scale in a long time. I like it was my job to get on a scale, I felt like. And it's probably been like a year since I've gotten a scale, but I'm probably someplace in between 225 and 240 would be my guess. And how tall are you? And you're tall. I'm 6'4". Yeah, just you're, you're, you're an adult-sized man. That's my point. Adult-sized man. So were you like a um, chunky 310 or like a jacked, yoked 310? I'll let Google answer that question, but Google definitely made me look fatter than I really was. <laughs> the, the internet adds at least a, a dozen kilos. Or so. Okay, sorry. Last, I, I don't want to cut off and totally go deep on this. But I think that's question. interesting because of the transformation. Yeah, like what was it just the act of stopping playing and not eating so much in order to maintain that weight? Like, did you just sort of start functioning like a more normal you're athlete? Hey, you're making all of us really uncomfortable about his weight. You weren't that Sorry, fat, Jeff. Jeff. I was. <laughs> Long story short, uh, when I knew I was done playing football um, and I chose to retire, I had a really bad injury. I had what's called Liz Frank and was not weight bearing for 12 weeks. And I just started swimming. I knew I was done playing when I had surgery and I kind of had the conversation with doc and there was to me, it was life after ball just because there always is. And I was really passionate about it. So I started swimming and I stopped eating a lot of calories. I kind of just like, I don't know, ate 4,000 calories a day, but I like started swimming 30 minutes. And I'll say like, when I say I started swimming, I tried not to drown for 30 minutes when I start. Yeah. Beginner gains when you're, you're inefficient. It's great workout. 30 minutes of like, Try not to vomit and try not to drown at the same time was was my initial. <laughs> and then I just got really good at swimming, better at swimming. I would say I'm not good at swimming. I sink. But it, it was something I did and the weight just dropped off. I lost like 60 pounds in two months or so. Wow. And my wife was pregnant with our pregnant with our first boy. And you're like, she's going up and I'm just like falling off a cliff weight wise. And like I still have a very healthy appetite. You two can do you two can attest to that. And uh, it just was like I was still eating like a horse. I just wasn't eating like pizza and, you know, a couple of weight gainer shakes a day. It was just like, I ate what I consider a normal human being, but which is still a lot of food. And it just, it shed off really quick. But to me, it was needed. Like being three, three ten is not good for you. And people always ask like, how do you feel now? And I've had a bunch of surgeries and I'm beat to hell and my flexibility sucks and all of those things, but immediately losing weight, slept better. Right. He stopped playing, right? Slept better. My whole body feels incredibly better. Just like the load that I don't have to carry is pretty impactful. And so losing that weight was pretty instrumental in me like living the life and thinking about like how do I optimize for this next chapter. That's so cool. See, are you glad I asked that? Go ahead, baby. Okay. So but I do want to back up in time only because you told me a data point about your college recruiting that I thought was really interesting. So could you tell a little bit more about your sort of like high school to college transition and then where you ended up going? Yeah, I guess we never got there. In high school, I was one of the top recruited high school football players. Really, really lucky. Was was up for an ESPY award, which is crazy to think. And then I was a Gatorade football player of the year. And I got beat out for like the Gatorade at high school athlete of the year by this guy named Dwight Howard, if you've ever heard of him. Kind of <laughs> good. Like I look back and it's like, man, somebody picked poorly if they put me against Dwight Howard to win like athlete of the year in high school. Like that was, uh, somebody was really confused. So I grew up in Colorado on the front range, 
went to a high school called Loveland High, smaller, smaller school, but we've just like produced a ton of really, really great athletes and students out of that school. There's a guy named Jeremy Bloom, who was a Olympic skier, played football for the CU Buffs and, and a handful of other really great athletes that came out of school. And yeah, so went to USC, the real USC Southern Cal and played there from 04 to 09. Pete Carroll was my coach. He's my guy. I think a lot of him, and he really is pretty instrumental in how I think about running my business and leadership and people and team and talent, all of those things. I got to spend a lot of formative years with them. But my college career was very different than, than I think what I would have expected. So I started a bunch of games as a true freshman. Um, that was the year we won the national championship. And the last game of the season before the national championship, I, I blew my hip out essentially. And I had two hip surgeries post that injury. At age 19? At 19, yeah. Super duper young. They did microfracture, labeled debridement. Um, they re, kind of reshaved my femoral head and neck. And it was really bad. And there was like three surgeons in the world that basically I was told I could go to for my second surgery. And, you know, I went to one of them and, and he's still around and still doing really innovative things. And he was like, you know, most people don't come back from this and you're pretty new for this surgery and what we're going to do. And he was like, I would just, I would have you not expect to play football again or never play at the level that you, that you once were. Uh, once we're at. So anyways. Wow, that's heavy. 19? It was heavy. Uh, it was real heavy. What year of college was that? Freshman year. That was between my freshman and sophomore year. So I had my first surgery in January or February of my freshman year. And then my second surgery was three or four months after that, basically after they realized that like a quick fix didn't solve the problem and had to have like the real shebang done. Let me ask you sort of two things. One is your whole life is set out for you in that moment where you're you're going to play college. You're getting all you know. You're you're there now. You're playing. You're playing for Pete Carroll. You win a national championship, and then this thing happens. That's the first time probably you ever were confronted with a big existential crisis about a. Did that moment give you the opportunity to say, "Hey, I really do have to plan for something else, and I have to have a different set of skills because this could be taken away in an instant." Yeah, it a hundred percent is a massively defining moment in my life on how I think about how I think about a lot. Um, and I will say from how I prioritize my life, how I think about the people I surround myself with, but also just knowing that there's more to life than what you're currently doing. And it's this bigger picture. And it was really hard. I am, feel very lucky and fortunate to have a pretty good support system around me. And it was hard with them, um, even around me. You are a true mutant. I mean, I don't think you're aerobic capacity, your ability to climb and hike. You just did this crazy event with your friends. You're truly a mutant. I think people can forget because you're just Jeff CEO, but you are a mutant. Obviously you had salamander healing abilities. Someone cut your hip off and you regrew a hip very quickly at age 19. But do you think it was important that that physician said to you, you probably won't be able to do this again? Did, did that, that one like of those a things? We have a friend who's a rock star, for example, and his stepdad said to him, yeah, you probably won't stick with this guitar. And he became a rock star. I think it put things into perspective. I'm not a rock star. Um, I'm way too cool for that. Not. It, it really put things in perspective, right? So, you know, when you're a 17, 18, 19-year-old kid and football is your life, right? And the world kind of says that about you. It really puts into perspective of what's important and also kind of reminds you to these two basic things that really matter in life that you can control, which is your attitude and your effort. The kind of lame things, but things that I've lived by 
for a very long time. And, and it was like, what am I here to do? Like, am I here to be a Jeff, a football player? Am I here to be Jeff, a, a human that's going to inspire a change and leave the world a better place? And I had a lot of people that challenged me. That was like, why are you at USC? Like, you're here for an education. You're on a full ride. Figure it out. Um, and so when I was basically told I wasn't going to play again, I went and met with the dean of the business school. And he said, hey, we can get you on track to graduate undergrad in three years. And I can't guarantee you're going to get into grad school, but we'll take a look at your application and, and figure it out. And you can get as much schooling paid for, for as you can while you're under scholarship, right? Basically, I'm like, okay, what's my plan B? Let's start taking school really seriously and, and start thinking about life after ball with this whole always in back of my head. It's like, it's not over till it's over type of thing. So I end up getting on, on track to graduate undergrad in three, um, which basically means I had two years to do three years of schooling, the la- those last two. And then missed my whole second year. Coming up into my third year, got back to playing and ended up blowing my back out. Had L4, L5 dissectomy <laughs> right in like towards the end of training camp. And so I missed my entire third season that year. So I missed my second and third year playing, but I ended up getting my grad, my undergrad degree in three years and I got accepted in the Marshall School of Business. So I was going into my fourth year of eligibility. As a grad student. As a grad student, <laughs> which was pretty crazy. And I was in, so I was in my MBA. I was in night school. Plus part of like the requirement was I had to have a job. And so like I went into an office in downtown LA for like three hours in the morning after workout, would go to work, then we'd go to practice and then we'd go to school, which when I look back on it, it was pretty insane. So lazy. So lazy. College is such a fun time for everyone. I don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah, wait, were you the only one in your graduate program who was also finishing their final year of eligibility and playing a serious sport? Yes, I was the youngest and still <laughs> the youngest person to go through that program. I, I don't know. Like, I think I was very fortunate that they let me in and I worked really hard like to make sure I had more on my application other than football player because I didn't want to be known for that. But the PM program is full of like old timers, people my age now in their mid to late thirties with kids and family. And I was like totally thrust in. So I'd go from like the locker room, which is 18, 19, 20 year old kids, right. To like these grown ass adults that have kids and families. And it was like this like clash of, of reality for me <laughs> of like, Go from like, I literally run off the field, take a shower, ride my bike as fast as I can so I wouldn't be late for class. And it's like two polar opposites of life of like very buttoned up, like people in their suits coming from downtown LA or Boeing and these other places to like, anyways, it was quite fascinating. Let me just like, I I didn't have a huge life my last couple of years in college because I was so busy. So there's this crazy rule in, in, in college that if you uh, have a hardship year, two hardship years, they grant you an extra year of eligibility. So I actually, my fourth year, my fifth year, and I got a sixth year of eligibility. So I, I went to school for six years, got my MBA fully completed, and was a two-time <laughs> captain my last two years. So my fifth and sixth year was captain of the, of the football team. And then I graduated in December and then started in the NFL in spring of 2010. When I went to Carolina, did a hot second in Carolina, uh, not Carolina, in Seattle, did a hot second. Seattle played my first year in Denver, played by play, I mean practice, and then got <laughs> cut in Denver and then went to Carolina and spent three years in Carolina, started a handful of games. If you knew who I was, you care way too much about the Carolina Panthers because I, I was a pretty much a backup offensive lineman and I got thrown in when things were going real bad for other people. 
which is a really <laughs> interesting place to be coming off the bench as an offensive lineman. So hashtag okay. shout out Joe Ken. Jo- Joe Ken, my guy. I have like 45 questions and Kelly does too, but because this is the Ready State podcast, I would like to go back and talk about your injuries and ask you, do you think there was something special or super secret about the way that you managed those and rehabbed them and recovered from them that allowed you to be able to come back? Or did you just like follow the program and you were diligent and organized? Like what what was the secret there? Like if you have two injuries that might have ended someone else's career but didn't end yours, like what was the difference? Genetic freak, A, right? Mutant plays a role into that. And there's just people like that. Like yeah. I'm, I, I don't know, like- Little luck. There's a little luck involved. Little in, luck. Yeah. Um, my nickname was like Gristle. You just chew on me and people, you would never break me, but I'll never go away. But uh, that's what some of it, that's, which is uh, a good- Old uh, Gristle Byers. Yeah, I love it. That was what the, a guy named Chris Carlisle, our strength coach in college, my strength coach in college called me. Anyways- I think I had a really good team around me. So when I hurt my hip, we hired uh, a guy by the name of uh, Dr. John Meyer. He's director of high performance now for the Kings and the Clippers. And he really transitioned me through through my rehab and was extremely diligent. And for me, right, my rehab was my practice, right? I took it very seriously, did it every single day and was always trying to push and probably pushed too. I did it probably. I've always pushed too hard. But for me, there was always an end. Like I treated rehab like a game, a competition of like, how do I get better? How do I improve? Right? Like knowing that, okay, they said eight weeks, I can probably do it in six. And that was my mindset. And I think that's the mindset of better. Like, oh, they say this, I can do that. And even if they had to slow me down, it was something I always pushed through and was just always diligently staying on top of it. I, I, you know, I go back and say like, this was in the mid to late 2000s where, we didn't have nutrition and no. all the things that we had back then. But um, I also just always thought about more than just the plan, right? Like, here's what you have to do. I was always, uh, I'm going to go do more. I'm going to go swim. I'm going to go do this. Like, so with my hip, I did a ton of pool workouts, like running in the water. And it took a ton of extra time and they weren't like mandatory, but it was something that was important to me. And so it was just like this diligent effort to stay relevant and like work through pain, but always like, well, they say eight weeks, I can do it in six, right? And that has backfired on me in the past and does on a lot of people, but there was a light that I saw at the end of the tunnel that I was gonna get there as fast as I could. And then, you know, in the NFL, it was really about longevity. And a friend of mine named Jordan Sen, who was a captain uh, uh, captain in Carolina, introduced me to your book, Supple Leopard. And in Carolina, it was like, the, uh, I don't know if I could say like, it was like the Bible. It was like the gospel, right? It was like, you know, like we're, we're doing flossing and all this other stupid shit in the locker room. Uh, sorry, uh, not stupid, really good stuff. But like at the time it was like really new. And like, it was just like, you know, towards the end was like coming out and like, who's this, who's this crazy guy, Kel, Kelly Starrett, like the supple leopard. And like, I don't know. I also think a big thing for me was I was never like, really uh, single-minded in sports. Like I love being active. And even when I was hurt, I was still like riding my bike or hiking or like, you know, like in Carolina, we went backpacking and paddling and all of these things. Like I just never believed that I just needed to be a, a one, a one trick pony. Like I just love so much about being active and adventure that I was always thinking about other things. And I think that had 
has given me a long a lot of longevity a lot more longevity is just not being like i only got a bench squat power clean right like yes i love to do that but i also love to do a lot of other things and that was always really important to me did you know coming out of the nba program at usc and then all of a sudden you're like whoa i have this other opportunity did that change or did you have a moment where you thought maybe I shouldn't play in the NFL because I've already invested in this thing? Or do you realize that maybe I can use the NFL as even as a springboard and a quick way to like gather a bunch of capital to launch a business? Because <laughs> it sounds like you're going in that direction and you recognize you don't really have a, it's fragile and can be taken away from you by a freak accident. Yes, to kind of all of those things. So you, you put those words into my mouth, but that's a hundred percent. it. so I was at this tipping point, like, what do I do? I invested and like sacrificed a ton over about two and a half years, longer than that at USC to like, hey, I didn't get to go out and do a a bunch of things normal college kids do and just like grind it, grind it, you know? And basically it was like, do I go play in the NFL? Like, do I become irrelevant in the business world? And uh, the answer is, right, like, like many children, like it was my childhood dream to play professional sports. And it was like, this comes once in a lifetime and I'm going to choose when I'm not ready to play. And it was one of those things that I made a couple deals with a couple people. One of them was I was always going to stay relevant outside of sports. And I was going to never let sports take more from me than I took from it. And I danced that last one pretty close. I will say just obviously football is and traumatic brain injury. Like if I knew what I knew now, like I would probably change some of my thought processes and probably would have walked away a little bit sooner. But it definitely, like, I stayed relevant. I worked a job every offseason. I had a longstanding job offer in finance, which I instantly realized I didn't want to do once I retired and started working in finance. And it kind of led me to where I'm at now. Like, everything post-finance has been stepping stone into creating momentous and really this thought of how how do we democratize high performance. So I have kind of two questions. I mean, you just seem to have such a like solid head on your shoulders about how you sort of framed like the importance of your football career in your life and how you always made sure you had a plan B. Like, where does that come from? Like, was that from your parents? Like what, what's sort of the influence there? Because I feel like that's actually not that common. Like I think a lot of kids don't have that perspective. Where do you think that comes from? Family for sure. Like I've just, I've been really blessed to have a pretty solid foundation in my life and I was really close to my grandparents. My grand, my grandfather's no longer um, here. Been a long time, and then my grandma on my dad's side are, are people I was close to and watched how they affected change in community and drove a lot of betterment in the world. And that really inspired me to think about life more than just what you're doing and when and how can you actually inspire change. But you know, right when times get tough and the people you surround yourself with really make those tough times into opportunities and inflection points. And so I'm, I feel very lucky to have my parents, my brothers, sisters, and the friends that I had that kind of really rallied around me and glass half full. This attitude and effort thing is, is something my dad preached to me a lot when I was young and really related to sports, but also school. Like, you know, like there's a lot of things you can control in life. There's a lot of things that you can't control in life, but there's very few things that you can control and that are important and attitude and effort are two of those really, really important things that only you can control. Um, and it's been uh, it th- those things, and I talk about it a lot, talk to myself about it a lot. So I talk to myself, yeah. And those are two things I always re- <laughs> remind myself. It's like, I get control how my day is going. I can control everything. And that's, uh, that's a really important thing for me. 
Do you feel like winning a national title, which is the highlight of college career, did that help having that in the pocket so you had some consummation of this work and this dream? Or did you get that early success and you're like, I should be able to do it again? And you kind of, the rest of the time, this thing ghosted you. Did that help in that way? I don't know. I don't have did, 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 did it matter because your back was hurting? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Se- okay, second question. This is, this is more important. You're not actually the athlete in your family. Can you talk about the real athlete in your family? How did you meet? Because I think that's really interesting, this kind of aspect of your partnership. Yeah. So my wife, Bethany, has been an incredible partner for a very long time in my in my life. Uh, she played volleyball at USC, played overseas in Europe for a season, but she is 100% the better athlete than I am. She can jump, she can power lift, all of those things. And uh, we have three amazing... How tall is she? She's 6'4". So she's a complete animal. How do I get on and, the, the list I, to I'm get not, one of your children? I just, if I'm just, not mistaken, one, not, of, your, not to be one of your, um, your, I think if I'm not mistaken, one your four-year-old's already like six feet tall. Yeah, essentially. My, <laughs> my four-year-old is a little tank. My boys are, I have three boys. Yeah, like people will be like, they are all you. And they're all me and my wife. And like, like my wife's full of energy and obviously very athletic and active. And our boys are just amazing little creatures that we've made and they are they are large and they love to be going fast and always wrestling and yeah i have an eight six and four year old um, which is crazy to think about it must be just like our house with teenage daughters oh my god okay so tell us a little bit about sort of the timeline post nfl career and then i want to just if you could talk about how sounds like you took a job in finance that you didn't like and how did momentous come to being and my sub question there is because you mentioned it is was your fear of traumatic brain injury did it come into play at all in your specific interest in what you're doing now i wish i had a pen to write all those down <laughs> so i would say right so my last full nfl season was 2013 and so like the last game is like january of 2014 but i got hurt in like week eight or week nine that year i had this frank which is a terrible foot injury but is what it is and so like my last play of my career was me getting carted off the field, which sucks. <laughs> that sucks. But a lot of people were cheering. A lot of people were cheering. There are pictures of that cart ride too out there that Google is not friendly with <laughs> either. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I knew I was done. And I had this longstanding job offer in finance. Uh, I was actually one of my dad's really close friends who was looking to transition his business out. And I had worked for him a couple of off seasons. Um, and as soon as I jumped in, I realized it was not what I wanted to do. Like it was a great way to make a living, but it wasn't team. It was it was uh, very lone wolfish, and it was playing in the margins. And that's not who I am. And that's not how when I look back on my life of like what has made me great. Like what has made me me is right high energy effort, taking risks, and just like blowing through as many walls as I can. And that wasn't finance. That wasn't this finance role. I love to build. I love to do. I love to challenge. And I love to, right, do the impossible and make things and, you know, use a quote from Pete Carroll, do it better than it's ever been done before. Hey, guys, we just want to take a little break in this podcast episode to actually tell you about one of our own products, and that's our Ready State Virtual Mobility Coach. Yeah, the app literally is the first place you should go if you're trying to feel better, if you're trying to solve an old movement-related problem, if you're just trying to not be as sore from your workout. There is so much going on in this app. We have a mobility test that is comprehensive and designed by Kelly Starrett himself. It's pretty good. 
so you can figure out what your biggest limitations are and start to work on that. There are sport-specific mobilizations if you want to try to lift more or run faster. There is a pain area. And we even have a ton of bonus content. You can do challenges around squat and ankle and a bunch of other specific body parts so you can just generally get more supple and awesome. You should talk about this app more often. (laughs) We started the original Mobility Project back in 2010 trying to help people solve problems for themselves. We think that every human being should be able to perform basic maintenance on themselves. And we want you to be able to engage in some self-care in a really reasonable, responsible way. One of our favorite parts of it, daily mobility. You have a 10, 20, or 30-minute follow-along with me. If you just have a ball and a roller, think you want to feel better, move better, play along. I mean, we really feel like that's the base camp practice, and you can add in what you need. We're really proud of this and what we've created here, and we think you should give it a try. Back. Head on over to the readystate.com slash trial and use code POD20 for 20% off your first month. And just FYI, including your two-week free trial, that's literally six weeks for eleven ninety nine. You can't beat that. There's so much amazing content to help you feel better and move better for eleven ninety nine. In the words of our uh, podcast producer, bananas. Oftentimes, we have a lot of friends who are similar boats as you who retire from sport. And our friend Gabby Reese says you actually retire twice if you're a professional athlete. You retire from your sport, and then you retire from your job after your sport. Did you ever feel like you got a chance to retire from the NFL and mourn that? Or The depression after sports careers is real, or are you just too manic and already had a plan in place that it didn't even have a chance? I say I retired from football. Like, I left on my own terms. Like, they wanted me back. I mean, I just went dove right into it. Like I was prepped. I knew there's life after ball. Like football got taken away from me. And like, I already in my mind was like, right, what is next? And that was from a young age in college of like, football can be taken away. It's a part of my life. It's not who I am. And I think I was blessed really young to have that because like you and like a lot of us friends that have served in the military or play professional sports or really high level college sports, when you leave, it is really hard to find purpose in your why because it is so different and your value is so different in the real world than it is when you're doing something that you're highly skilled and you've done for a very long time at. So I transitioned out into finance, right? And realized I didn't want to do it. I kind of took a lateral forward step and jumped into a family office who was doing growth stage investing and kind of was dabbling and just realized I was sitting at the wrong t- side of the table. Like I was listening to these entrepreneurs pitch their businesses and was like, I'm a doer builder. I got to get completely out of finance, no matter what it is. And I joined this early stage biotech company in early 2015. And the biotech was creating a transdermal drug delivery system. I knew nothing about it. Uh, like I have no science background. You got my background. Like I took oceanography in college, which <laughs> right. Uh, anyways, like I'm not like step yeah, one oceanography, step, step two, two NFL. Yeah, uh, exactly. So that don't, don't judge me too hard. <laughs> step one dolphin. Step three found a company. So I uh, I joined this early stage biotech and I was employee number four, and they hired me for really two reasons. I had this really untraditional background, obviously. Uh, they needed to raise capital, but they also had the idea to use this technology outside of medicine and use it in sports performance, high performance. So like, what if we could bypass the GI system and deliver substances through the skin, vitamins, minerals, supplements, et cetera? Um, and that was really the birth of what what is now Momentus, was starting there and really cut my teeth and got really into exercise physiology 
And sport was something I didn't think I was going to get back and work in. Like when I retired, I was like, I'm never going back into sports. Like, Was that the birthplace of AMP and PR Lotion? That was the birthplace of AMP Human and PR Lotion was at that biotech. And so in 2018, my co-founder, Eric, and I acquired the rights to PR Lotion and started AMP Human. So AMP had, uh, AMP Human had a little bit of traction before that. We were doing some work with special forces, with some elite endurance athletes and had some traction in pro sports here in the U.S. in like traditional pro sports. And we had just enough to say, hey, there's an ability here. And what we were doing was so different and such at the forefront. We had a little bit of early clinical data, but what we saw is this ability to create a human performance company centered with this now patented technology where we have some really good clinical data behind it. And we were unlocking something really pretty basic in the body but making it practical for the first time ever, really for humans to unlock some performance gains. Um, and so- Can you talk about what PR lotion is just for everyone so they can hear it? Yeah, so PR lotion gives your body more sodium bicarbonate. Bicarb is a basic electrolyte and bicarb's role in the body is super simple. It helps reduce hydrogen ions, lactic acid. And so when we go hard or long, our bodies produce acid as a byproduct of energy production. And that acid builds up in our body. We naturally clear it. And that acid combines with bicarbonate in the blood or bicarbonate pulls the lactate and the hydrogen ions, lactic acid out of the body, hydrogen ions and lac uh, hydrogen ions and bicarb interact and form CO2 and water as like the byproduct of right the waste. Um, also gets converted back in pruvate, lactate gets conver converted back in pruvate. So, anyways, bicarb buffers acid. Taking bicarbonate orally causes massive GI distress. Yeah, your stomach is acidic. No, no, no. Yeah. This is real. This is real. This is why people did not, we're like, oh, you can load bicarb and it really works and it's legal, but also it's really gnarly. So uh, we all did like a third or fourth grade volcano, paper mache volcano experiment in elementary school. That's your stomach. That's your stomach. You And what that paper <laughs> mache volcano is, it's vinegar, acid, your stomach, and baking soda, bicarb, uh, and it explodes. And it goes, right, uh, some people call it the double dragon. It goes up and out and down and out real fast. The double <laughs> oh dragon. God. Visual Im image for everybody here. It's pr a really fascinating product because it's doing something that's never been done and, and unlocked a lot. We have really good data on it. We don't have great data. It's still super early days when we think about it. We, we've just, uh, we've won a handful of government innovation contracts from the Department of Defense that have helped fund clinical data. We have some clinical data that's coming out in the next six to nine months as it goes through the peer review and publishing cycle. That's really, really keystone, what I would call the course, cornerstone or keystone of, of the literature for this. But essentially you put it on before you work out really high intensity or really long days and it helps buffer that acid, right? So that you can go a little harder for a little longer and feel better the next day. It's, uh, it's a really special product. It's not for everybody, for everybody all the time. But it's what propelled us to being at the forefront of high performance. And tell us, how did you go from making those two products, Amp Human and PR Lotion, and what you were doing there to now this gigantic enterprise that is momentous? T tell us about that. So when we started Amp Human, the company, it was to never make be a lotion company or a transdermal nutrient delivery company. It was to create a high performance company. That was the that was the vision we had. And, and I go back to my playing days. And one of the things that I saw was what happens in the locker room or at the really elite level very rarely trickles to the consumer. 
And as we think about that, it's like the innovation, the technologies, the guidance and knowledge very rarely trickles to that consumer. And what I saw was this huge gap in the market of how do we bring the right knowledge, innovation, and access to the consumer. And what we had with being at the forefront was very, very different than what other people were doing. And so we started a company with this patented clinically validated product that the government helped fund. And it was what's next. And I'll use the words we use today as they've evolved, but really how we're thinking about the market and what we're doing is our goal and vision is to democratize high performance. And we do that with the best products in the world. We do that with the best access, the best knowledge and guidance, right? And you all are a part of that access and knowledge of how do we get people into the right products at the right time with the right content and the right knowledge to why they are doing that. And that is so important. When we think about the space that we're in, it's very, very fragmented, right? Everybody lives in their little silos. But at the end of the day, the human body is the most complicated system in the world. And if you just think about it by just one thing or that thing, you're missing the whole big picture. And it's how do we boil it up and what what I call create a systematic-based approach to high performance, get people into the right behaviors, the right products at the right times. I have to say that, um, you know, I work with a local team, college team, and sometimes you can hear this and you can see that people can get lost in the weeds, the biohackers. If I just take this molecule, it will optimize me. But oftentimes we're seeing that the big basic blocks, people aren't eating enough and we aren't making it simple for them enough to get enough calories that they can digest during workouts because they can't eat a sandwich. They can't eat a peanut butter sandwich and and do their sport right away. And do you set out or do you still see that we're still making those fundamental type one error, basic sort of errors in our food and nutrition and sleep? Or do you feel like it's the marketplace is going toward, we really need to really hyper-specialize and that you're missing this one molecule, which gives you a 0.01% bump? A hundred percent, we still have the, the base of the pyramid to optimize, right? And, and I would say that across the board. So like, you know, if, if you're looking at a pyramid and you say like 80%, of information and products and ideas out there are well-known, right? Pretty accessible, the knowledge. The problem is what's good for me or what fits my goals and my fears are very different than what fits yours, right? And the challenge is just doing a couple things really, really good for long periods of time has epic, epic good consequences for us. And I, I think about that, but that's where, like, when I think about what we did in the NFL and what's happening there is it's a systematic-based approach. It's not anything crazy, right? It's like, everybody's a mutant, your words. And what you do is you put together, right, a couple, like me, I had high injury-prone soft tissue. So 80% of everything I did from nutrition to body maintenance to how I worked out and how I practiced was directed back towards hey, I'm broken. I need to not be broken. Let's think about how do I have variance in my workouts and in my diets and in my life, right? And so as you weave those things through, but it wasn't a, you need to do 900 things. It was like, you did these five things, hard stop, right? Because as you know, the more stimulus you throw at somebody, you basically reach this point in the curve where too much stimulus, you just fall off this cliff and you stop doing everything. Bone crushing consistency. Yeah, that's from Lane Norton. Lane Norton. So momentous products are all NSF certified for sport. Are not all some, but uh, all of our products are third party okay. tested. 
a whole bunch of our sports nutrition line or our whole sports nutrition line is NSF and Informed Sport. And then we have a whole nother chunk of our product line that is Informed Sport. We have a handful of products that are on the supplement side that are going through Informed Sport cycle testing. Can you explain, just yeah, explain but, what yeah, that is real quick? But I, yeah, I don't think everybody knows what that is. I mean, what are those two things? And, and why is it important? What, yeah, why is it important? Because we know that it's super <laughs> important, but why is it important? Well, as we know, anybody can start a supplement company in their bathtub tomorrow. Um, the, bar- the barriers to entry are literally zero. Truly, that's a true statement, everyone. That's yeah. literally, true you can statement. make a supplement, a dietary supplement, and and market it as food. And, and do whatever, right? And just, you put asterisk, right? These statements have not been, it is literally the Wild West. And it creates a very messy, confused consumer facing. So essentially, all the, all the dietary supplements vitamins, minerals, and such that you take are not regulated. And what's on the label doesn't have to be what's in the bottle because there's no regulation on there. And so there's really two certifications that are held in the highest regard. One of them is NSF. The other one is LGC, which is known as Informed Sport. And those two, they content certify it, and then they test it for banned substances uh, against the WADA anti-doping list. So basically, it's how these practitioners have found a way in pro and college sports to say, what are the highest quality, safest? One, supplements, it's these. These things cost a lot of money to get certified. But so the content certified is really what is important, I think, for the general consumer, which they don't understand. A lot of people say, oh, they're third-party certified. And they literally have a logo that says third-party certified, which means nothing. Everybody has, like, again, like that literally means nothing. It means organic or natural. Yeah, I don't like, I don't like third party certified for what? And so NSF certified is an example. Like, if our protein powder, you know, or 20 grams of protein in it on the label and it comes back at 21 grams of protein in the sample, we don't pass content certified, right? Or if it has, you know, five extra milligrams of sodium, like, so what actually is in the label, has to be in the bottle or in the jar or the bag, whatever the thing is, which is really, really important. And so they're actually certifying that. And if you're out of whack, you have to have a variance report that shows and you like you have to have a way in uh, to change that. Um, and so it creates a very tight manufacturing certification. And all of these manufacturers are audited by these two groups. And then to be right, banned substance tested, basically they just test you for right all the banned substances and say, clean or not clean. And that's a very black and white situation there. And like it's very important to us as we sell into 200 pro and college teams now to have these certifications. The consumer doesn't understand, right? Because it's, again, we live in this, this, pl- this land, this industry that is, is noisy and confusion of like, buy this, buy that. And when we talk to consumers, people don't know what they're getting or why. And quality is very, very different from what you buy in like a, a big box to what you buy from us. Like I, I like to, I like to say like we compete for free, with free in the locker room. Like teams get things for free from all these companies. They buy our stuff. We compete with free. We compete with free, which is speaks to my sales team of like how good they are, but also speaks to the quality of products that we have, but also why we've chosen to partner with these experts and these practitioners like you all, because Companies are always saying, well, we have the best products. We have the best, right, ingredients and formulations. But do they? We can say the same <laughs> thing. 
no, nobody listens to us, right? Like we say all these things, but what we found is, right, we have this unique ability to partner with experts because we're doing clinical research, we're innovating, we truly have the best products. And uh, Dr. Andrew Huberman or you two or some of the, uh, Stacey Sims says, this is the company that I believe in and that I've gotten behind. They can pick any supplement. There's a thousand supplement companies in the world. I choose to work with Momentus because they stand for the same things I do. That carries a lot of weight because you all can pick to work with anybody. Like I know you, like you have probably 20 people that would love to work with you in our space. And it's more than just slinging supplements. My goal is not to create a supplement company. We are trying to democratize high performance that is a very different thing than sell sub than just be a supplement company. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Well, okay, so I just want to try to do a slight repeat because I think people learn that way. And I do think you're right that there's a massive amount of confusion in the market. And maybe just this little podcast episode can help fix some of that confusion. But if there is a consumer that's listening to this who wants to buy content certified supplements, what do they look for? How do they know? So there's little logos that will go on like a product yeah. page on a website that says NSF certified, NS informed sport, NFS certified for sport, et cetera. That will be on those logos. And again, it's it's literally a check the box. Like these companies could do it. It just costs money and a check the box and they people choose not to do it, which blows my mind. It's the only way. If you're a drug tested athlete, would you take anything that wasn't NSF? No, never. You should never take anything, right? Like, and that's why like Teams can't buy that. Like if they they can't give their athletes that, and you should never risk it. Like if your paycheck depends upon you peeing in a cup and having it come back clean, why would you ever risk it for a vitamin D? Right. Like you never know. Things get cross contaminated or creatine or protein. I mean, there are yeah. the stories people because we were in the space. The stories we've heard of things being in pre workout, being in protein supplements, being in it's insane how. It's way more common than you think, and I have no idea, right? Like, that's one level. The other level here is, to me, is like, okay, this is just like a barrier to entry. Like, you shouldn't have a choice. How are you not content certified? Like, how are you not doing that? The other thing is just like the quality of ingredients and the thoughtfulness behind the portfolio of products, right? Like, what's the new sexy, you know, sleep cocktail or this or that? And right? Really, how do we go back to scientifically back expert-led products, right? To say, this is why these products exist, and this is how you use them together. And I won't say we're great at that as a business, but what we're trying to get to is how do we get people into the right products at the right time? Because that's how you create long-standing habits and create real change in somebody's life. It's like, for me, I care about connective tissue health and cognitive health, and then I want to be able to go really hard and perform when I go really hard before. Like those are the only three things I care about. Like eh, everything else is is below that. Yeah. I'm gonna put connective tissue health above my cognitive health. I might be a little slower. It's but, fine. You're gonna be slow, but my but knees are gonna feel great. You're gonna be able to squat, yes, baby. Yes. Okay. So yeah. uh, first of all, just one last thing on this whole certification thing. It's like because I'm sort of a skeptical person, I would think, okay, well, if they're not, if they, if a supplement does not have those two things, it probably does not have what it says it has. If it's, if it's not that hard to get it done. I don't know if that's... I would say there's a lot of really good companies out there that choose not to get it certified. It's expensive and a pain in the butt. For those reasons. For business reasons. Yeah. So that, that make high quality products. But again, it's like if... like It just to me feels like a, 
if we're going to be leaders in high right. performance and we want to work with you or Stacy or Andrew or anybody in this space, you just, it's just like, just to show up to the party, you got to have it. It doesn't even matter, to my, in my opinion. Especially being able to, you know, anyone who's going to be drug tested at all. Yeah. I mean, we, at our gym, we actually had people who were uh, in strength sports who would show up and also say free form strength sports. You can take whatever you want, do a strength sport. And then we'd have people who were being like cycling the Olympics and we'd be like, no, 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 you can't shake hands. You guys can just like, yeah, like you guys should just be on like, just don't <laughs> like, even like, don't even be on like the same side of the gym. We don't like, even it's fine. No, no, move just, your bags yeah, apart. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, we're just like, Do not and, touch. you know, if you're afraid of testing from drinking some weird Mexican milk in South America, you know, then you need to also be aware. So we're, we're, we appreciate where you're coming from on that. Okay. So quick sort of like turn 180 here, but I wanted to ask, you know, you were on the other side of the table, you know, when you were, you know, working in venture capital or in finance before you became an entrepreneur yourself. Like what has surprised you the most being on your side of the table, running a business from your, you know, as a CEO and growing a company? Oh man, that is a really loaded question. <laughs> I would say everything feels like it takes longer than it does, but everything goes faster than you think it does. Like when you, when you look, you're like, man, why are we going so slow? And you look backward, like you look forward or in like today, it's like, man, why are we going faster? And then you look backwards when you like take this deep breath and you're like, oh, we've been going real fast. How did we get here? How are we this, this far along? I mean, there's just the amount of grit and resiliency that takes to be in, in like a growth early stage business to like be a founder is, is incredible. Like I feel so lucky to have a business partner that has and shares that really same grit that that resiliency that I do of like because it's really hard and sometimes are great and you're high fiving and other times it's not great but you still got a high five because those are the times that are really really important and I'll you know like it's been an incredible incredible journey but I also you know like venture er, er, finance is very transactional Right. And a lot of things in life are transactional. And one of the things that I've loved so much about being in a passion driven industry company is it's around, it's about the people you surround yourselves with in this community. There's like a higher purpose for what you do and what we do than always the bottom line. The bottom line is really important, but we get to wrap ourselves around people we love doing things that we love and talk about those all the time of like, that to me is what's so different. It's like, yeah, we're transactional at times, but like we really like the business and the ethos of this community that that I'm lucky to be in with you all is so much more than transactional. And that is not how the other side works all the time. No, that's true. Yeah, that's so true. Okay, so tell us what is next for you and your company and what is your next um, athletic event as well? Who Next athletic event is, I don't know. <laughs> you get together, you, let me just tell everyone, Jeff gets together with some friends who are also freaks of nature and you go out there and you do something crazy once a year and it's got to be brutally hard. You would never do it for and fun. And it like takes all day. And potentially high risk of not completing it. And, it, and what I love about this high risk of not completing it is the people involved always complete everything they do. And so suddenly there you guys are presented with a task where you may or may not complete that. And I won't I won't bore people with the ridiculousness. I mean, you guys are talking about paddling the Molokai channel next year, right? That was one of the things that ideas were floated. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, I think it's still on the radar. There's some other stupid thing. I don't know what it is. It has to do with a lot of water activities too, of like a river and holding your breath. And I don't know. I just always, I'm always in for challenging, like out of body, out of the world experience of like suffer, suffer, suffer. I think they're so important for us, right? To ground all of us. Oh, wait, wait, I gotta, just, I gotta jump right in and just say something. We had recently, you came, you're a user, you're down to throw down. We just had the Alpaca Sled World Champion of the World here at the uh, office. And even though it's represented that the reigning gold medalist in bobsled won, do you want to set the record straight officially on this podcast? Uh, whew, I hope she's not listening. <laughs> but uh, You outweigh her by a lot. By a lot. Technically, in a, in a heat of three, technically I won. But I'm not keeping score in the alpaca sled push <laughs> I, just, challenge. I just want to give you an opportunity. To, you'll, you, we'll be released on the internet here soon. And I'm happy to challenge anybody to go to the Ready States gym and attempt to break that and I will come out and break your time. <laughs> I will start training for it. Oh, it's it's a thing now. I mean, everyone who comes has to do it now. Any visitor has to do it. So I mean, I it's on. Can. It's on. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if they actually can, but they're going to try. Oh, they're going to try. It's sticky. It really is. Anyways, my next sporting event is definitely skiing. Like big thing I'm going to do has to be on the snow. Like, I don't know. We're, we're like a month out from ski season opening in Park City. So I got I just got to figure out how to get on the mountain sooner and start skiing. And then what was your other question, uh, Juliet? What's next for Momentus? What's going on? What are you looking forward to? Really, right? Like I, I mentioned this, like the vision is how do we democratize high performance? And really my goal and what we have to do as a brand is we have to bring that to life, right? And that is showing these partnerships with the Ready State or the Andrew Huberman and bringing that content and validation to life into helping people get in the right products at the right time. I really, really believe that's a challenge of like who we are and what is democratized high performance. It's, it's a guidance driven business of like, right, how do we provide better service and make sure people know why they're taking collagen or why they're taking this for sleep or why they're not taking this versus that, whatever it may be. I really believe that's the future, right? And that's who we are as a business is like, how do we democratize high performance? And, and that's bringing the experts and the voices that surround us and combining them all together to get people in the right things at the right time. We have a couple of cool products that are coming out or just relaunched that, I, that, I, that I'm really excited about. But, I'm mostly, but what I'm mostly excited about is bringing the brand to life and really the brand expression of being at the forefront of high performance and, and bringing people better content and knowledge. So there's doesn't have to be a guesswork into what you do and why you do it. It's here's the reason, here's what to do, here's some great behavior changes, and here's some products. Momentous is definitely part of our life. Our girls get the collagen and the creatine every day. One of the things that is maybe sad about my being middle-aged, but I'm like, hey, Juliet, do you want to take some magnesium and go to bed early? Like, that's literally like... Yeah, that's our That's, that's, our, like the, that's, that's the our sexiest night. thing you can say to someone at like on Wednesday at like nine o'clock. Hey, you want to take some magnesium and go to bed? So you, you've influenced our bed routine, Jeff. I don't even know if you know yeah, that. Yeah, that's... I mean, he may feel awkward about and that. And Jeff is turning red fine. right now. It's so yeah, great. He feels awkward, but it's fine. Totally normal. <laughs> <laughs> I get... I'm really easily awkwarded. If that's a word, but we're launching the sleep pack, which has magnesium in it. And it's like these individual pill pouches. Um, and it has magnesium, L-theanine, napogenin in it. And I'm really excited as it's kind of, uh, it's like Andrew Huberman's sleep cocktail that he talks a lot about. And it's all in like a super convenient. It's like nothing revolutionary. It's just like, even for me, yeah, it's like, what a pain in the butt 
to like individually like oh, i need one of these out of this jar let me get this jar it really it's is like, that's who we no, are it is it's sad because then you're like wait where's this jar yeah. and i can't find it and it's in the kitchen and i'm here and so you don't take the one and yeah so i think the convenience is huge we are one click nation that's true yeah and for us sleep right like if you boil it back down it's like what is the most important thing everybody can do sleep right like it is the totally most important thing and it's like okay well let's start simplifying there because if this right if we can provide some really basic supplements that we know help calm you down help you get to sleep faster and keep you in deep sleep we're going to have a bigger impact so let's that, that was kind of like okay where are we going and also aren't for oh, habit forming like you can actually yeah. right yeah 100 percent rock it's magnesium it's just magnesium it's mag yeah none of them are have like apigenin comes from grapefruits Stop. right uh, and it also comes from chamomile but right like it's it's like one of these things that's okay how do we give somebody an easy win but also make it super consistent because if right if you know like oh man i gotta i'm already getting ready for my bedtime routine and like i gotta go back up and find my stupid pills and get a glass of water or whatever make it super easy travel etc because as soon as you break your routine you got to get it started again yeah and I, I find that. And that was the other, this other innovation, the collagen shot, which I'm, if you, if you follow the ready state, you know, the collagen shot, cause you guys have talked about it a lot, but yeah, we're obsessed with those. Yeah, it's one of my favorite, right. But it's also how do we make it really easy to get people something that is the most impactful for the connective tissue health from a supplementation perspective at the right time. Can I get an Word. amen? Amen. Jeff. Where can people find out more about momentous and Stacy Sims and Andrew Human, some of the partners that you have, you know, where, where do we where do we dig in and and how do we uh, go from here? How do people take the next step? Yeah, we're at livemomentous.com, and I think we're at, at livemomentous on on the social media platforms. Easiest way to find us right there. You guys also talk about us a lot and link about it. Huberman does as well, which is all great places to find really great knowledge and content across the board. So. Yeah, check us out. We're super excited. Ping customer service with any questions. We got a great team behind there. They can direct you to some of our exercise physiologists, dietitians, if you do have questions about products and things like that. Jeff Byers, world champion of the world, alpaca sled <laughs> champion. Good dancer. Thank you for being here. Nice to see you, my friend. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Ready State Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, check out all our episodes here or at thereadystate.com. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes to help others find our show. Check us out and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Ready State. Until next time, cheers, everyone. You got it.